Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Western North Carolina Fishing Report with Dale Collins of Tuckasegee Fly Shop. How you doing, Dale? Doing good, Marvin. Just uh, getting finished with the day, and just going to have a have a nice, uh, neat bourbon this evening to uh, sit by the fireplace on a chilly November night. It's November. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. You know, the good news is you didn't tell me you like got the arc completed in time before you guys got washed away. That's right, man. Fortunately, that storm was in and out. It was like a big bowling ball uh, just going through the southeast. And uh, those poor folks in the, in the Gulf, man, they are just bruised and battered from all these storms. But they, they always seem to manage to come right through western North Carolina. So we had two storms there in the month of October that were pretty serious and I guess gave us about a foot of rain over the course of uh, the two storms. Uh, but you know, the, the rain comes and goes and the trees are, uh, they're going dormant. So some of these creeks are slower than others to, uh, rebound, but, um, you know, it's pretty typical for October and then it's, it's dry in between. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, I would guess kind of coming out the other side of that, you know, you start at the top of the mountain and you work your way down. So I'd imagine your streams in, in the park are in pretty good shape, but the tuck's probably a bit of a mess. The tuck, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's the volume of water on the tuck that's the problem right now. Um, you got Duke Energy still doing some stuff there with their lakes. Uh, the color on the tuck is fine. I mean, we're we're floating and, and we're finding fish. Um, but, yeah, the creeks are where you want to be uh, for, for wading opportunities for sure. And, you know, there's it's, it's, you know, a good time to kind of discover maybe a new stream for you on the, the fly fishing trail or, or the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. There's just so much water. Um, it's, it's good to challenge yourself to, to find a new spot. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess then the name of the game is probably what, nymphs and small streamers? Yeah, you know, in these warmer days, like I saw, you know, we're kind of going to rebound here into the upper 60s, I think, by the end of the week. And, um, you know, you can get back to a dry dropper game and in the heat of the day, you know, between seven and four, so to speak, dry dropper. Uh, but, you know, I think we're, we're certainly in that neighborhood of uh, double nymph rigs, uh, get, get the flies down to the bottom, especially when you have these large pressure changes. You know, that you know, tropical system comes through and the pressure's, you know, incredibly low. And then on the back side of it, it just swings and goes really high pressure. So, um, that keeps the fish kind of laid down and, and can make it tough. Yeah. Speaking of, you were telling me that even our less educated trout from the hatchery are being a little snotty these days. They are. Yeah. And we sort of, uh, you know, we have to struggle through those, uh, those trips where it's a little slower and we're, we're sitting there scratching our head and just kind of, you open up the fly box, you're sitting on the rower's bench and you open the fly box, you just kind of stare at it. And it's just like, well, what do I do now? So, uh, you know, we, we start, you know, we found some little stuff and, uh, we found the, uh, split case TMD, uh, otherwise known as a betas out West, um, blueing olive nymphs, things like that are, um, are finding us some fish. So, uh, and, and we, we found them to be suspended sometimes. And you can have these micro currents in a deep column of water and these fish are just going to kind of sit where they're happy, but. Uh, we found them suspended on the tuck and, uh, they're eating the tiny stuff. So, you know, typically we're out there throwing squirmies and, you know, the jump pattern. I don't think I've landed a fish with a client this October yet on a squirmy. Um, it is, it's been all natural stuff. And, um, 
it, it's been very odd. And I don't know if it's the, the weather systems or uh, the maintenance that Duke Energy is doing that, that's triggering that or maybe maybe the remote learning at the hatchery for the fish has just really triggered some, uh, some native senses. But um, it's been kind of fun at the same time to have to figure that out. Yeah, it's like you have Soho on the tuck, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, we've got a question, uh, Dale, from Dan. And uh, Dan has a question. You know, he understands that, you know, most of the wild trout streams are steep gradient streams. And, you know, obviously with all the water you've got, and he kind of wonders what happens when the heavy rains come. Does it push the fish downstream? And, and does it push them, you know, downstream far enough to have an impact on the populations? Oh, man. Dan, that's a great question, and uh, thanks for submitting that. Um, you know, it, it, it does kind of vary from stream to stream what's going on, um, and it even it, it even matters what time of year. Uh, so, for instance, right now we're moving into, uh, essentially we're moving into a winter pattern uh, where the trees go dormant. So the roots are no longer sucking water out of the system. So the water's going to come up on some of these creeks, and it's going to stay up for a little longer than it typically would in the summer. You know, if we can get a summer thunderstorm dump two inches in a spot, that water comes up and it goes right back down. Um, so the fish, a lot of times, if they can, they're going to find those bank eddies and they're going to hold in the bank eddies and just kind of go to, go to the edges. Um, they say if there's a big boulder in the middle of the creek, they'll sit right behind that. But they're really going to hunker down and just kind of wait it out as long as they can. Um, and you know, for example, we had that storm come through last week. Uh, Zeta dumped five inches. Um, we gave it a day and a half, and I went and looked at the upper Nantahala, and it was completely fishable. Um, so, you know, there, there's those instances. So, you know, you're right to think to maybe go higher elevation to start because that's going to drain quicker. What we also find, uh, particularly in really healthy streams with um, native brook trout, feeders coming down in it you'll catch um there are a lot of national park streams are great to catch native brook trout right beside brown trout and rainbows so you can get a legit wild uh smoky mountain grand slam uh after these big rains and then you know those brookies will start you know instinctively moving back up to you know their haunts or they'll just get chowed down by the big browns um but you know i don't think it's necessarily a, a mortality thing you, you can certainly we've seen we've caught fish after big rain events that it looks like the scales are just stripped from them uh, uh and, and it's, it's really odd looking um but and I, I imagine that's just where the sediment and silt is just just like sandblasting their skin so if they can't find those bank eddies in those places to go hide then yeah they can they can certainly disappear but I think they just move downstream until they find those areas. I don't think they necessarily go belly up or, or, or sink to the bottom, but, uh, they find a way. Yeah. And it's always interesting too. I mean, they don't need much of a depression to get out of the main push of the current either. That's right. I mean, what we see on the surface is exponentially faster than the water on the bottom of the river because of friction. So all the boulders, all the rocks, um, you know, any, any structure, is going to create a little microcurrent. And, you know, you think about, um, you know, we're on the highway driving behind a tractor trailer. Uh, you, you duck your car to pass that tractor trailer. You can hear that, that wind really hit your car and you duck back in and, 
you know, you're, you're sort of protected there uh, when you're right up on that tractor trailer. Maybe that's giving away some bad driving habits that I tailgate tractor trailers. I don't know. But um, but that's that's kind of some ways I relate to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us or you can send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram page. If we read your question, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag and you're going to get entered into something cool from the shop and a drawing at the end of the season. And uh, Dale, before I let you hop, why don't you let people know uh, your good fishy hours and your locations and all that kind of good stuff? Absolutely. So we're going to be running uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday uh, through the end of November. Um, and we're located 530 West Main Street in downtown Silva and Free Depot Street in downtown Bryson City, right across from the train depot uh, with the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad. And, uh, of course, we're always open at toughflyshop.com. Well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, and I've been saying this a lot. You need to get out and fish because when it's January and February and you're sitting at home wishing you had fished more, you'll be like, you should have gone fishing in November. So get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Dale. You too, Marvin.